to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. And we're live. We are back. This is Anthony Chansomuth and Michael Walk, and uh, we are recording an episode for the Bean Ninjas podcast, and we're talking about a 2021 review, actually, and. Um, this is a follow-up from our Working in Public series that we actually did in 2020 uh, a while ago, and uh, we've been busy since then. We have. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. So let's just talk through the structure of this episode. We're going to cover three projects each that we've been working on within our individual business units, and then as we're talking through each project, we'll cover uh, objectives, challenges, results, and lessons or insights from each particular project, and then we'll have a conversation around just goals and projects we have for Q1 of next year, which is 2022. So why don't we start with one project that was quite important for uh, for you in 2021, Michael? So the first one I'll start with is refining my craft of, of coaching my virtual CFO clients. It's an ongoing thing that I think it's a continuous learning thing, but that was something I really tried to get better at this year because the success of this business will rise or fall depending on how I can help people make changes and find success in their businesses. So I need to be good at that, right? Mm. That's the core of whether it's going to be education and coaching or if I can't do that, then it's not going to happen. So that was a real big focus for me this year. All right. So what was one or or two challenges that came up in the process of refining the virtual CFO process? I realized that it takes time and you need to make small steps to introduce new concepts with clients. I think I got too excited and I'd read a book and want to explain these new concepts and roll it all out in, in the call, but people get overwhelmed very easily and it needs to be really relevant to their business for them to see value in it, you know? So I have a new feature or a new graph or a new way to show something, a way of looking at their business and I realized it felt kind of flat and I was kind of talking a lot. And I'd be like, here's all the things about it. What do you think? And they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's it's all all right. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, I just spent the whole time talking at them, you know. Mm. So that happened a couple of times and I was like, okay, I need to really be careful about how I implement things and really make sure that it's going to add value to So that's an interesting challenge to have because I'd imagine when you're having a sales conversation, or a discovery conversation mm. with a potential client and they're interested and they say, look, we want a VCFO or, or we want someone to guide us with our financial decisions. Mm. How is it possible then if that's what they're signing up for, that when you're actually giving them the information they're asking for that they don't understand it, where do you see there's a disconnect potentially? I think that the core bones of what I do, yeah. people understand. Yeah. It's, so I'm not referring to like the monthly management meeting where we show them their four or five key KPIs of their business. That is is fairly understood hmm. and, and they get that and they get a lot of value from that. I'm more talking about the other things around the edges that I'm tinkering with. So the nuts and bolts of the management reporting, that's based on the mechanics of accounting and that won't change, right? right. But it's it's some of the other things. So Let's talk about a couple of the results that I yeah, think yeah, I got. So, for example, one of them was a goal achievement plan, which was more a reflection on the month, what their goals were, did they hit them, what are their current challenges, and what are we going to set for our new goals for the coming month. So it's more in the coaching realm rather than in the key virtual CFO, here's your net profit figure, here's your cost of your staff this month, how did we go against last mm. month. So it's more in 
in those other realms that I'm talking about that I kind of learned this lesson, I guess. That's really important. And it's a good distinction because you have the sort of kind of the rear view where here's the data, let's look at the performance and then here's, yeah. here's where you're going and maybe guiding the ship a bit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, I want to get to a place where I'm pricing my services based on value, yeah. based on, on impact in their business. And so me turning up saying, hey, you're still not profitable enough. Here are the numbers. That's not helping them get to that hmm. position. So I realize I need to make the leap to be able to change their behavior and get them excited to make the changes. Otherwise, they're not going to have a more profitable business because we'll keep turning up month on month and I'll still have my nice graph, but they're not taking any action on it. So it's trying to unlock that next level of coaching that I was mainly focusing, that craft. And did you have like an example of a, of a client where you had that conversation and you know you went from, okay, maybe here's one or two actions that you could do to go be, become more profitable and they were able to go and execute on that? Yeah, we, we had a couple. One client where the, we went through a staff restructure and, and we realized that we need to adjust it. But in terms of how I got the change, I think they were ready to make the change as well. But I read a great book called Just Listen. And it's, it's about how active listening can actually enact more change than talking at people. That's great. And so I started using a lot more what questions and how questions and trying to tease it out of them. Because quite often, I don't have all the answers to people's business problems, but they probably do in their gut, but you need to draw it out of them and get them to see it for themselves. Mm. And that was more the approach I was taking, which is was drilling down on, on what we could do. And then that goal achievement plan is like, all right, that, those are great ideas. Let's put them on the board and try and hit. So yeah. it was more that process because a lot of small business owners, they don't have anyone to talk to about this, you know, like it's, it's kind of, it's a lonely kind of place to be. So that's why I think what I'm doing is really useful because people have that space to talk about it. Yeah, and I've had I've had a session with you for sort of my business outside of being ninjas, and that was really important just to understand what I could do, right? Like because mm. when when you're stuck in the problem, you don't know, you know, what's the best way to go about it, yeah. you know, and you don't know if I pull this lever, it's going to impact my revenue in this way yeah. or my profit in this way, and these sort of things. Even you just giving me what are the percentages that I should be looking at. Mm. That that was very. Yeah. valuable to me yeah because i don't have a baseline exactly. <laughs> who am i yeah. talking to you know yeah uh, and, and and working with someone like you is, is amazing so what kind of did you have any lessons or insights around uh, that particular project yeah it's it's still focused on what the client wants and what the best way to serve them is so don't hit them over the head with a fancy new metric or kpi if it's not gonna really add value to where they're at at the moment mm-hmm. and, and and still be client focused to make sure that they're getting value that was that's awesome. Yeah, cool. And what about you, mate? Let's talk about your first project. <laughs> so I, 2021 was an interesting year for me in my role within B-Ninjas. So I saw a shift from regular ongoing work that I did in 2020 or 2019 where yep. I was writing articles, producing podcast episodes, yeah. consistent ongoing work to project-based work, yep. right? So a couple of things have happened in terms of the team structure and, and I'll get into that soon. But um, one key project that I worked on was what we call the e-commerce playbook. So as you and I know, and we've and Mero have spoken about this on, on the podcast previously, because of the pandemic or during the pandemic, at the start of 2021, being in this shifted focus from online businesses to purely e-commerce and supporting uh, seven-figure e-commerce businesses. And yeah. that would be the primary focus, right? So what Wayne, who's the director of Being Ninjas USA, what he wanted was to have some kind of guide or a, what, what he's calling a playbook that we could put out externally and really show 
prospective clients that, you know, here's how Ninjas does it. This is how we do accounting yeah. to grow e-commerces and help them scale. Mm. Yeah. So this project had two deliverables. One was that external PDF or guide. Yeah. Um, and secondly, an internal playbook, which was a series of documented SOPs yeah. for internal team members to actually learn about all these new tools now. Because yeah. when you shift from what we were doing before in 2019 to what we're doing now, there's all these new technologies we have to learn, right? Mm. There's A2X, there's all these different plugins and add-ons and things yeah. that are going on. Shopify, Shopify, e-commerce, we need to know it all. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? A lot of our team members aren't all trained in that, yeah. right? So they were the two deliverables, okay? It's a big project. Absolutely. And that yeah. was meant for Q1. Yeah. And so what were the challenges? That there must have been a few. <laughs> so uh, one of the big challenges was time and really understanding the amount of effort required to create those two separate, I'll call them documents. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I, I went back to the team, particularly Wayne with, was, well, what's the primary objective for the content, right? Mm. I'm not so much talking about the internal piece. I'm talking about the external piece. If we were going to create an e-commerce accounting guide or a playbook, what is it for? Is it for lead generation purposes? Yeah. Is it for, is there something else here that Wayne had in his, in his mind? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was the purpose? Because then once you identify purpose, you can then identify scope. Yeah. Right. Because if it, is it just that we want a hundred page document on how we do accounting? Um, and who's going to read it? Right. Nah. Um, and so Wayne, you know, in our conversations, you came, what we kind of decided was, all right, uh, what we really want is something light, maybe 30 pages, something yeah. like that, yeah. um, which gives enough of a framework for you know, an e-commerce seller to pick it up. And even if they don't hire B-Ninjas, they can go, okay, I could follow these steps and, and yeah. create the result, right? Yeah. Um, so that was scope and timing. And then the third thing was, third challenge was availability of contributors, right? So for both projects, for the e-com playbook, the external version, I needed Wayne because he's our e-commerce resident expert. He's the guru. Uh, yep. And then for the internal playbook, I needed Michelle, who's our internal ops guru. So she's the person who drives the team and yeah. drives all those sort of things. And getting their availability became a challenge, Yeah, right? That was uh, the main things I'd, and I was working with. Yeah. And so what were the results? Did we get this done? What was the, <laughs> what was the So what we decided and what we got, we achieved was we did publish the external guide. Yeah. Um, that so that's out. done. So yeah, uh, we've, since we published on the first week of June, since then we've had 290 opt-ins. Yeah. So that's really worked well. We've got some good feedback on it as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also as part of the, the, the guide, we actually collaborated with our partners. So we actually had yeah. eight, I think six or eight different partners that we've been working with over the years and relationships that Wayne had, and Meryl had built. Yeah. Um, we had reached out to them and had them involved in promoting the that guide is. as well, like Zero, A2X, some other yeah. ones. So that was a, a win. We did not complete the internal playbook. So yeah. that, that was not done. Uh, and we actually made the decision to move that to another date Yeah. Um, because it was just too much. And that, I mean, internal playbook, you're talking about operating procedures. Yes. So those are on, those are, that's a massive project yeah. and that's yeah. ongoing. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of lessons that, that I guess that came out of that project was one, you've got to get clear on your goal for any project. And then once you sort of identify and narrow down the purpose, that narrows down your scope. Yeah. So the way we operate in being is we, particularly with projects, is we we have ninety day sprints. Yeah. So you know by by clarifying the goal, you can then work out what to include, what to exclude, yeah. uh, and where to invest your energy. Yeah. Right. The second lesson or insight was splitting the project into two phases. Really yeah. allowed us to make sure that one was delivered. Yeah. Otherwise, I you know hundred percent feel like nothing would have been done. Yeah. Because it was just too much, too big. Yeah. Yeah. They're massive projects. So tell us about your second project, Michael. The second big one for me for 2021 was 
actually taking on 12 new bookkeeping clients, which, wow. which wasn't, if you asked me in January, um, I wouldn't have said that was a big goal for the year. Obviously, I'm trying to develop my strategic skill set, be an advisor. Um, you know, that was kind of the direction I'm going. But this opportunity came up and I guess I took it because it was a good fit at the time mm-hmm. and it made sense for a few different reasons. So that was why became one of my big projects for this year. Yeah, so tell me about that opportunity because I talked about how Benin just really shifted towards e-commerce, right? Yeah. And can you just elaborate a bit about that opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I run a, a business called Bean Ninja's Money Mindset, and we are more focused on digital agencies, on other coaches and, and service-based expertise mm. firms. So I serve a different market than the e-commerce kind of product-orientated businesses. And as part of that, the e-commerce team and the Bean Ninja's America, US and um, Australia team were kind of focusing on those bigger e-com clients. And we had some kind of legacy clients who have been with us for a long time. They're really loyal and they're lovely people yep. who weren't a good fit for the future. And one of our old Beanish's employees wanted to come back part-time as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she's a great worker. She's fantastic. But Ninjas doesn't offer kind of part-time roles for our cloud accountants. But I thought, look, there's some great agency coaches on our books and we've got someone who wants to work. And I that's my specialty yeah so it seemed like a good fit to take on these you know hand-picked awesome clients that fit my niche and fit the niche of Bean Ninja's money mindset moving forward and we had someone to help them out so that was the opportunity presented and it seemed like silly not to that's awesome because you didn't have to invest too heavily on training that person yeah because they'd already have the training done like it was already exactly yeah yeah cool yeah so what were the challenges with taking on 12 new bookkeeping clients <laughs> I guess like onboarding 12 new people in any business, there was, it was busy getting up to speed with them. The team member who came on board to help, she already had done a couple of them previously, so she was familiar with a few of them. It's also, for me, I was kind of doing strategic advisory stuff and, and as long as I was keeping my key clients happy, that was all good and life was simple. But now I'm managing a team member, managing demands of 12 other clients as well. So there's just more balls in the air, more deadlines to meet. And, you know, we had a, had a couple of challenges this year with illness and, and when the team member was away, which happens in any business. So I had to jump back in the trenches and be on the tools doing the bookkeeping for a period of time to get us through certain time periods. So that obviously just means there's more stuff going on in the business and it's busier. And naturally, that kind of was the challenge. Yeah, less surfing time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's the problem with business. It gets in the way. I feel you. Uh, so mm. what are some of the results then? having gone through that? I feel like we've gotten through the first, you know, six to seven months with them already. Um, And it's been great building my skill set in scheduling, team management, and getting to know these clients as well. They run some really awesome businesses. So I think at the moment, I'd give us a pass grade. I think there's still definite improvements to help these bookkeeping clients improve. And I want to try and show them some of the advisory stuff Mm. that I do as well. Not all of them have the budget or want to be kind of, you know, upsold into my consulting or advisory services yeah. because it's a, it's a much higher price point and a lot of them kind of don't need that. It might be too complex for where they're at, but I want to try and show them a bit of that value as well. And that's really good because you get, you get a good sense of the types of challenges that they're at, where they are at currently. Yes. And then you can identify what well, these yeah. ones, the CFO thing would actually work well for them. And it helps for my knowledge of pattern spotting of what are the key challenges across my bookkeeping clients, across my advisory clients, like where are people having common challenges? Mm. And then I can 
share the, those solutions across clients. Obviously, I don't mention names and it's all confidential, but the business challenges, there's universal lessons there. And that's what I can share. So it widens my scope of what I see. Something I've observed with uh, just helping Wayne develop sort of the CFO product for Vintage USA is commonly what a lot of, the, of his clients are looking for is some kind of baseline for their industry. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and they're like, well, you've got a, a range of clients that you support. Can you just give us sort of an, an average understanding of, you know, you don't have to give us specifics, but what, what are, you know, key metrics that we can go, go after? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, it's like I can rattle them off for the agencies, you know, yeah. you, you want your staff at 60% utilization, you know, hmm. that's, that's kind of your, your minimum goal. You want your staff cost to be 45% of your gross margin. You know, there's all types of key things that we can benchmark there to let them know how they're going against their peers and the market and, yeah. and let them know what needs to be rebalanced. That's the value add there, right there, mate. Yeah. Um, any what less? about you? Okay, for me, what about you? I was going to say uh, project number two yeah. I have is welcoming Bean Ninjas Australia. <laughs> um, so essentially what happened earlier in the year was cloud counting. They had their own little business there. Tracy Newman uh, leads that business and is the director and founder. So her and Meryl Johnston came together, found uh, an alignment to bring. So what Meryl was looking for was someone who could actually support being in just clients in Australia with tax yeah. uh, and Trace's business actually did that. Yeah. Right. And so then they signed a deal and said, this would be a great partnership and being in Australia was born. Now, when you have a merger like this, what needs to also happen is from a tech IT standpoint, the systems need to work yeah. and talk to each other. Right. So I was brought on to help migrate cloud counting, their email addresses and system across to a new beaninjas.com.au domain yeah. uh, and email address system. And then also within that, set up Help Scout, which is yeah. the tool that we've been using at Beaninjas. And also get the uh, Beaninjas Australia team onto Slack, which is something they'd never used before, right? Yeah. Uh, so there were some massive challenges, as you, as you can imagine, with that project. Yeah, transitioning <laughs> software and teams into using software. Yeah. And, and even if the software is easy to use, making the team members actually log in to check it because it's just another thing to check, right? <laughs> we already have so many distractions, so there's, there's a lot in there. Absolutely. And how'd you go? Uh, so the migration was successful and the team have now been using Slack and they love it. Um, they're using uh, Help Scout for client communications yep. and they also still utilizing their Microsoft system. So one of the key decisions that, that was made during the project was that um, Tracy's team would still stick to Microsoft and not be forced to switch over to G Suite, yeah. which is what Bean Ninjas have been using for the last five or six years. Yeah. And we just felt that it'd be too much of an impact and disruption to the team and yeah. also their clients yeah. uh, if we had to try and merge not only cultures, but also systems. Yeah. Uh, and so that was one thing, key decision point. Another challenge that came was around the way that they were utilizing individual email addresses to communicate with their clients, yep. right? So at Ninjas, we have a policy that any client communications are actually sent through a team email address and a team inbox. Yep. And that way you have a way to make ensure that if clients email you, that there's always a response within, you know, 24 or 48 hours, yep. right? Problem we had with Tracy's team or the way that they were set up was if someone is sick and just say you were managing one client and you're, you're away for a week, no one else knows. Yeah, exactly. Right? If, exactly. If, if there's a delay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had to not only transition the system, but we also had to then create these policies and, and work yeah. with Tracy's team to have them yeah. uh, installed. Uh, and then the, the fourth 
challenge, I, oh, well, another challenge I mentioned was bringing that a new team onto Slack. They yeah. never used it before. And there was these, we had these conversations uh, and, you know, it's really interesting and funny, which was like, why would I use Slack when I've got email, right? And so it's really now having to shift mindsets around when yeah. is it appropriate to use Slack? When is it appropriate to use Help Scout? When is it appropriate to use your own email address? Yeah. Um, and then just take some things for granted because we, when I came into Be Ninjas, you know, five years ago, these systems were already in place, yeah. right? Um, but when you're dealing with a completely new team and a new system, for them, you have to go back to the logic yes. behind why we're making these, these Question. choices. Yeah. So the migration was successful. The team are now using the systems. Uh, a couple of lessons uh, I wanted to share was for the IT stuff, like getting this, the email addresses updated, getting um, automatic um, forwarding happening and these sort of things. We actually worked with an IT support company called Fresh Method ah. uh, because... Being in just Australia, we're utilizing basically the, the way they're set up is they've got each team member has one login. They log into this system, a tool, I can't remember the specific name, but within that tool, they can then access all the other system tools, software that they need to use. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you don't have them ha needing to remember 10 different passwords yep. and things. Yeah. So Fresh Method really helps with all of that. Yeah. Another the lesson from here was like any tech migration needs careful planning uh, and you want to have a schedule in terms of when cutover is happening, when team members need to be online to test yeah. whether systems are working. Uh, and then when you're dealing with multiple tools, that can be a lot for team members to take yeah. on. Like we take for granted that we're using Slack and Help Scout. Yeah. And oh, it's these, overwhelming. <laughs> it's all these other yeah. tools, no, Zero and all these yeah, other yeah, things, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, I remember like I said, when I first started being just over four years ago now, four and a half years ago, Half of it was just learning the tools, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's not even just like I knew how to do accounting and bookkeeping, but it was like how do we actually communicate? And, yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming if you've never dealt with it before. Yeah. And now, you know, we just had a conversation before we started recording about just you wanting to use Notion more. Like mm. that's a new system that we're introducing to the It never to the mix, stops. Right? There's always another one. Um, so, yeah, when you're dealing with multiple tools, you want to phase that and stage a phased approach. Yeah. So one tool at a time, give the team members enough uh, sufficient time to learn, play, yeah. break things, and then move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about your third project, Michael. So this is the third and final one. Yep. And this is kind of ongoing, I guess. It's kind of been a quarter, you know, the fourth quarter of 21 focus, and it'll obviously transition into the new year as well, which is working on rebranding away from B Ninja's money mindset as the business name and kind of rebranding into a, a whole new name. So what's motivating the rebrand? So as I'm sure our audience probably are familiar with, that Ninjas is going upstream to be your go-to e-commerce growth accountants. Um, that's our market. And it's very clear marketing. It's very clear on our website. What's confusing is that I run a business called Ninjas Money Mindset, and I look after digital agencies and other expert service-based firms. Mm. And so that's going to be extremely confusing to any target customers because all of our marketing moving forward is going to be in the e-commerce space and so it's clear that i need to i need to rebrand in order to build up my own kind of base of clients and brand awareness yes servicing a different market yeah absolutely and having worked on multiple stages of the rebrand for being ninjas uh and also targeting different types of businesses and working on a lot of the content so a lot of blog content mm. you know i helped meryl with uh, in the early days and it took us a good three years for a lot of the keyword optimized content to rank, right? Mm. And for us mm. to start getting this wave of traffic coming in every yeah. month. Uh, and so, you know, 
to then switch, switch it over to e-commerce. We started to put out e-commerce content a good 12 months before yeah. the rebrand happened yeah. um, because we knew we wanted people searching for e-commerce to find Big Ninja's website. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's good that you're going through this right now because now you can start thinking about, well, what are agencies looking for or what are services yeah. looking for when they're Googling exactly. for stuff? Uh, and then you can set up your website, exactly. you know, and, and have that all happening. So what kind of challenges do you have with a rebrand process? Exactly what you spoke about, the amount of work required in order to get the website and the content marketing stuff out and all of that. So there's like the work that's involved in the sales and marketing efforts, which Bean Ninja's success has been built off, you know, Merrill's focus on content marketing from a very early stage. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of our brand awareness is that she saw that early and she saw that was working in other industries and applied it to the accounting yeah. world. And so I know that she's got a lot of skills and, and a lot of all of our team do now, but that takes a lot of work. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff to make all that happen. So that's going to be a big challenge, obviously. But the most important critical part of the rebranding stage, which I'm at right now, is finding a name. Finding a name is really hard. <laughs> How do you name your baby? <laughs> How do you name your baby? <laughs> Michael Jr. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, yeah well, so, so, so that's, that's really hard. So many are taken that you think of and so many just feel cliche as well. Um, there's a million advisory firms out there and I'm marketing to digital agencies and creative people who like, they've got a nose for something that's terrible. So you don't want it to be like a dud name either. So that's my current challenge on top of knowing that I'm starting a very long path of trying to build this brand up. But it's also exciting because I get to take ownership of it and really try and make something great. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've got a list of names that, that you're looking at. Can you give us a couple of the, the terrible ones? I haven't shown you the full no, list. No, no, that's all right. Um, <laughs> Just tell us about the bad ones. Oh, yeah, so we're talking before. He's like, show me your list. I was like, I'll show, show you it afterwards and you can give me feedback. Currently have 68 <laughs> names. I wanted to get to 100 and then whittle it down. Yeah. Some of them are just like cliche, right? So one, I was like, oh, I love surfing. So what about like wave point, you know, wave point. It's easy to say. And it's like, there's a million people out there talking about the waves. And, you know, it's like, oh no. <laughs> Sounds like a crypto yeah, scam. Or clear, there's lots of clear view, clear yes. path, yeah. high, clear, good, strategic. So there's a lot of stuff like that where I don't think I can go that direction because there's already a million iterations on it. And you need to have the domain name, you need to have the Instagram handle, you need to have all that stuff. Yeah. So that's a current challenge in terms of the rebrand. Well, Wave can work. I mean, there is Wave accounting software. True. So, you know, but then True. you might you might get confused with being one of their advisors. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How are you going to do SEO when everyone's trying to get wave as a, yeah, yeah. Know, as a keyword? <laughs> All right, so tell us about uh, some of the results you've had in the branding process. So you haven't seen this yet either. I want to test it to you. I've, I've come up with a positioning statement. Okay. So I've done like a brand map, done a positioning statement for where I want to be known. I want you to give me some live feedback on it. Let's do it. On the pod, you ready? Yeah, man. So... Insert business name. Obviously, at the moment, I'll just use my current one. Mm -hmm. um, so Money Mindset aims to be the number one co-pilot for digital agencies looking to grow. If you think it's about accounting, you've missed the point. We're really in the business of giving you certainty about your future, increasing your profits, and making you accountable to your goals. Uh, a couple of things that stand out to me. I know the structure really, really well. Yeah. Um, I, I like the, if you think it's about accounting, it's not the point. I like how you've got those three sort of bullet points, giving you certainty, increasing your profits and making you accountable. Yeah. What I feel is missing is all those three things lead to a destination. What is that destination? Ah. Right? Because those things are how, yeah. right? Not doesn't speak to the why. 
right? So as the, as a founder for my own business, I'm going, yeah. okay, if Michael, as, a, as my accountant partner, co-pilot here, is helping me do that, okay, yeah. where's it I, that I really want to get to? Yeah, right? okay. Uh, it could be time with my kids. It could be yeah. more impact yeah. in the world. It could be blah, free, blah, all those yeah, things, yeah. right? And again, this is where it's challenging because obviously there's a lot of companies out there going, everyone wants freedom. Let's use freedom in a tagline. Right? Well, well, I thought I thought giving you certainty about your future, the top one, is kind of the destination a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, I like it. Uh, yeah, three. And I think but, that's the strongest, actually. Yeah, that is, that's, yeah. The, that's the one that's most of the why. The yeah. other two are more tactical profits yep. and, and accountability. That's more what do you do day to day that we're going to yep. do. But maybe I drop those and just give you certainty about your future. Yeah, and then you bring those other two later on into the how to your yeah, methodology. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I think that's a good yeah the, the good test for a, a brand message like this is they call it the elevator pitch or they call it the you know if you're out at a party and and you have a social pitch what do you say? Yeah. Um. You know, if you say to someone, I help you know business owners uh, get more certain about their future. Yeah. All right. Excellent, Michael. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So great starting point, and I think yeah now. Put it in front of more digital agencies and, and owners of agencies get them to, and get them to give feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll ask my current clients. Yeah. All right, mate. Let's let's transition onto your third and final one. Okay. Uh, so the third project I had here was this is a massive project. You, all three of your projects are huge. <laughs> yeah. This is why I'm not doing any marketing and I'm just doing all these internal projects. Improving team morale and employee engagement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is for Being Ninjas USA, uh, and I worked closely with Wayne. On this one, and also Michelle and Rose, who's our uh, team manager for the Philippines team. Well, the objectives of that particular project were to there were three objectives. One was to have a run the second. So we've got a program that I developed in 2019 called Emerging Leaders, right? And it's really an internal training program to help develop the soft skills of our leaders or our team members who want to be people managers, yeah? Because we saw an opportunity to really elevate and develop, you know, stars in our team. So there are people in there already doing great work uh, and they didn't just want to be technical accountants. They actually wanted to, you know, manage other people uh, and grow, right? That was one of the deliverables. A second deliverable was to implement a quarterly employee engagement survey, right? Or what we call an employee NPS survey. The third one was to have a monthly communication that would go out to the team to let team members know what was happening in the organization. Yeah. Because, you know, Beanages overnight went from, you know, we didn't have Beanages Australia team. We didn't have Beanages mindset. It was just you, like yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, we've grown. The, the team is now 30 plus yeah. team. Wow. Uh, whereas two years ago, we were maybe half that. Yeah. Right. Even a year yeah. ago, we were half that. <laughs> and so... We needed some way to communicate what was going on in the business, right? So they were the three deliverables. What were the challenges? Okay. So the biggest challenge on a high level was serving a new market presents challenges for the team, right? Because if you're moving from your specialty is in, you know, serving agencies and coaches and e-commerce, but sort of startup e-commerce to then going to, we're going to focus primarily on seven-figure plus e-commerce businesses, yeah. right? Your team needs to actually have the skills um, yeah. to actually de- deliver that, yep. yeah? 
there were client expectations we needed to manage, right? Because when yep. you have a, when you have a new premium client coming on and they're paying you, you know, whatever it is per month, yep. uh, their expectation is at a high level. Yeah, they're absolutely. They're expecting the the VIP treatment. Yeah, yep. <laughs> So you got to make sure. Okay, the, and we aspire to that. Yes. you know, we set those expectations up front with the e-commerce guide. You know, so yep. we need to deliver on on what promise. Absolutely. And one of the key shifts happening was, you know, around that was also. Uh, that impact, impacted staff turnover. Okay, um, whilst this was all going on, remember we were we were also going through a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and so people were getting sick, family members were getting sick, people yeah. were moving on from their roles. All these things were happening. So just managing staff turnover was yeah. also a, a key challenge. And when Wayne came to me with this project, he actually said, uh, "So Wayne, yeah, Wayne, um, Richard." You know, he basically said, we don't really have a good understanding or a baseline of our employee morale. We don't know yeah. how the team is feeling about the current situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so how can we measure that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, you know, a unique challenge. All of these are unique challenges because we're fully remote. Yes. So, you know, we didn't even fr- – we assume the audience probably knows that we're fully remote, but – it's even harder when you don't have everyone in the room to, yeah. to get to gauge this. Yeah, you can't just walk by someone, your team member on yeah, their desk and go, exactly. hey, you look sad. Like exactly. you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. The other challenge that came around this particular project was the directors. So we're talking Wayne, Tom for Binage's UK, obviously Michael for Binage's Money Mindset, and then Tracy for Binage's Australia. Yeah. All have their own KPIs, all have their own projects they're working on, yeah. clients to serve, all of that. Um, and so now you really needed someone that was not a director to drive this initiative, mm. which is why I was the one who put my hand up to do it, right? Yeah. Um, and ideally, you'd want someone with HR training, all uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Another challenge was that team members were flagging over time. Uh, certain individuals were saying, I want more training opportunity. I want to develop my skills. I yeah. want to grow in my yeah. role. And yeah. I want to see that there's a career path for me here yeah. uh, and that I'm not just Back in my job for the next yeah. three years, right? Yeah. So that was coming up as well. Uh, and then I'll add one more challenge, was, which I mentioned earlier, was the blending of two cultures, bringing on the cloud counting Beninjas Australia culture and then having them blend into the Beninjas US, UK, you know, culture yep. that's been present for the last that's right. five or six years. The Beninjas way. Yes. I believe it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. Do you know the, the values of Beninjas? Can you say them live? You- oh, my gosh. Now you're testing me. So we F- have A T. Fat. We're fat. We've got freedom. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. we got always growing, always learning, always growing. Yeah, always, always growing. growing. <laughs> and then two is trust. 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 We want trust in our clients and our team and our families. Good pop quiz. Uh, Sorry right. to put you on the spot. I love it. Fat. <laughs> We're so fat, Michael. No, I think, yeah. I think we've, re- we've reorganized them so it doesn't say that. <laughs> anyway. Challenges. We talked about challenges. So what were the results? Results. Give us okay. a quick, quick summary of how it went. Yep. So Emerging Leaders Program uh, successfully implemented a six-session group coaching program in that quarter. So that's Q2. We had six people go through that. Yeah. that and then at the end of it, they all presented a 15-minute or 20-minute uh, lunch and learn to the team. They were great. Yep. Yeah, I went to a couple of them. There you go. Oh, cool. And that was a good way that, you know, we wanted to de- – remember, that one of the core – objectives of that was to have them develop their leadership skills and part of it was actually presentation skills yeah can you present your project to yep. to the company absolutely um, second result or win we had in q2 we had the 30 team members take part in the uh employee nps survey yeah okay and we got an average rating employee nps rating of 86 out of 100 okay so for context i want to talk about you know just briefly here for anyone who doesn't know what employee nps is it's basically a way to measure what your team or your company or your team members are thinking about your, how likely are they to recommend your company to other people? 
So you may be familiar with NPS for clients, exactly. customers. Net promoter score yes. and how willing are your current clients to recommend new business? You know, how, how sticky is your word of mouth? Are yeah. people talking about you? In a uh, good way. In a good way. So in 2019, we, we implemented the NPS for client customers. Yep. In, in 2021, we implemented the M- e- employee NPS. Uh, Was uh, that yeah. on Delighted? Did we do that on yes, Delighted? Yes, we did. We use we a tool called Delighted. Yeah, that's a cool software um, app for it. And uh, it makes it easy. You just send it, it out. It's a link. People will click on it. They answer two question survey. Yep. And then so that was that's implemented. And now we have that set up to run every quarter. Perfect. Right? Uh, and then company update. I talked about the team monthly newsletter yeah, type thing. Uh, that's been really good. Yep. So you've seen it. So we actually mm-hmm. have now, this is a third month in a row now. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got a, at the end of, end of the month, we have a, one of our team members post an update with all the projects that are going on, the wins, the client successes, learning you yeah. know, podcasts and things that are happening within yeah. the company. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fantastic because now you can you have visibility as a team member to, hey, what's going on in, in being in Australia? What's yeah. going on with yeah. UK? What's happening in money mindset? Like what's what's happening here? And so yeah. that's been really great. Yeah. Uh, you know? And so is that one of the lessons? What are your lessons coming out of this project? Okay, so big lesson that covers the entire project is I put it down as four words, plan, do, document, and share. Okay, that's a great framework for any project. Right, so you start with planning. Um, you, the this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you execute on the plan, and then so we use Rike. Actually, you know what? We actually moved away from Rike. Rike is our project management system, but this year in these projects, because Beninja's Australia came on and they don't use Rike, really Merrill created a simple Google Sheet yep. uh, template for project management, which actually came from Fiona's work from yep. back in the day, and uh, we've been using that to actually plan, do, document, and share. And then uh, second lesson or insight, again, employee NPS is really a great tool for getting a pulse on company culture and employee feedback. That's right. Uh, but it's not enough just to send a link and get ratings, right? So, you know, I gave you a score of 86 out of 100. What does that mean, right? It says, okay, everyone's happy because for finance, in the financial services sector, the average score is something between 20 to 30 out of 100. Wow. Right. And that, that's considered a good score. People are miserable. <laughs> yeah. For, for accounting services. Um, and so, you know, to get 80 is great. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're aiming for every, every time we run it is are we still sitting above 80? Yeah. Um, and we're now we're just tracking the trend from quarter to quarter. Yeah. Because now we can see, okay, what's going on. Yeah. Right. Um, but like I said, it's not enough just to have the score. We also want qualitative data. Yeah. So what I do is actually schedule 15 minute conversations with each team member and um, I actually dig deeper into, okay, why did you give us a rating of three out of five for this? Yeah. Well, you know, you said you didn't, you gave a negative here or a positive yeah. here, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, and then that information is then passed on to the directors yeah. and then they can then do something with it. Right. And yeah. that's the thing. We just don't want a survey for the point of a survey. Yeah. We want it to be actionable. Yeah. Final one is and I've spoken to Wayne and Meryl about this already, is we really need a dedicated HR resource yeah. inside of B-Ninjas. Okay, and so we are considering now uh, a new, potentially a new hire or yep. working with a productized HR service yep. to, to manage that moving That's forward. That's a great idea. Right. Okay, we've gone through the projects. Three big projects there. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about 2021, 2022. Oh, actually, yep. before we go there, you know, the, the elephant in the room here is COVID, COVID-19. Yeah. Has that impacted you and the way you've worked this year or yeah. what's been going on? So 2021 was the Delta wave. Yes. And in Sydney, I've just been referring to it as lockdown one, which was 2020, and lockdown two, which was 2021. Right. I mean, it sucked. Obviously, it sucked for everyone um, around the world. We had team members caught up in it in various ways. I guess we don't want to talk 
go too in depth in it, except that it was hard to, to go back into lockdown in Sydney. We were both in Sydney for it. Yep. We were in lockdown for over three months where cafes weren't, weren't really open. You couldn't sit in anywhere and, and gyms and all bars, all that stuff was closed. Um, working from home, obviously. I felt like I was spinning my wheels. And let's put this in the show notes. I actually, the word I found best suited it was called languishing, mm. where you're not overly anxious and you're not completely depressed, but you're you're just spinning your wheels and you don't, the joy of life is kind of sapped from you a little bit. You've got nothing to look forward to. And there's a great TED Talk by Adam Grant on languishing, which I think really paints the picture and I really connected with it. And his solution in that is to get into the flow state doing something you love. Mm. And that was that was really impactful for me because doing something you love is obviously great and it and it kind of gets you in a really positive frame of mind. So for me, that was learning how to surf ski kayak on the harbour and learn a new skill and be on the water. And I was really lucky that I was able to do that from where I live yeah, in Sydney. Absolutely. You know, like location was important in Sydney because we couldn't move outside a certain range. So doing that really helped me get back in the game and I feel like the pendulum swung back and I've got a bit more spring in my step. And now, you know, obviously, second day of summer here. And we're out in fish burners exactly, hanging out. <laughs> exactly. So the, that was kind of my experience of it. And what about you briefly? What, yeah, what, is, what I, did you experience? I, I absolutely went through a similar thing. Mental health became a big focus for me and, and I know for our team as well. And because we are 100% remote, you actually feel the impact like exacerbated. Like you actually, it's harder, right? You can't. You don't know what people are experiencing, but you kind of have a sense of, hey, they're not as active on Slack anymore. Or, you know, so you kind of have to watch out for these things. For me personally, I just felt my, I'm usually an ambitious person. Yeah. uh, And I just felt that's like a massive nosedive. Like I just felt there were some weeks and days where I just wasn't, my brain wasn't there and I didn't want to work. Yeah. Right. Which Um, is natural. Yeah. 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 But like you, I I went out and something that was a a new habit that we're going to stick with post. COVID, <laughs> yep. um, is daily walks with my wife, like during lunchtime, like, oh, just going around, you know, around the bay and just great way for us to connect as a couple, yep. um, but also getting out into nature, feeling that creativity and, yeah. and, you know, and just being out there and having fun looking at the dogs and the ducks and whatever else. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I did a similar thing with, with Ruby, my partner, just, Beautiful. just longer walks together and you can talk and yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. That's great. You took something positive out of it. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's been proven like getting out into nature, uh, and away yep. from the screens, you know, it's amazing for mental health and well-being. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay, let's uh, wrap up. We're going to go into just goals for Q1 2022. Yeah. All right, Mike, what are your some of the plans or goals that you have? So I've got three big ones for next year, kind of in quarter one, but obviously some are longer term. So the first one is scaling myself. So looking to kind of automate some of the prep I do before my management meetings. So I'm not spending as much time in that preparation stage. Yep. Um and that will obviously help me take on more clients and serve more people to help them with that. So that's the first one is looking at automating some of the stuff that I'm doing. The second is kind of sharpening the saw or still perfecting the craft. That won't stop. And I still need to be delivering great value to people. You know, there's a lot of pressure because if people don't get value from the calls, they're not going to keep doing them. So mm. I need to keep improving to help people feel like they're moving forward in their business. So that's always going to be one for me. And Part of that is truly listening, listening to what the client is telling me and trying to bring in more coaching skills and not just presenting financial reports and telling them which way the numbers are going. Because I, I can do that. That's part of being a child accountant, but it's the other stuff that I'm trying to work on. And you, I remember we had a previous conversation around even just the types of clients you're dealing with who may be more in a creative mm. uh, way of seeing things. And so you need to learn how to 
present data in a way that's actually yes. engaging to them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That, that's a skill, man. Like, uh, uh, man, like, that's challenging for me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big on the charts and graphs there and you stuff go. like that. Visual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I present a lot of stuff. Like okay. You got one more goal or plan there? Um, working on the business. So the big one you heard in the project was the the rebrand of the business, getting myself out there a bit more. I haven't been doing much content marketing this year in terms of videos or you know, anything like that. So that will be a big focus next year as well, trying to build the brand up a little bit and stay tuned for the name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Castro Vo, do you have any ideas for what Michael's business name could yeah. be? Just uh, yeah, send him a tweet or uh, right. hit him up on LinkedIn. Yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, what about you, mate? What are your ones for the next year? So I've got a few projects that are already sort of on the radar for Beninjas. One is we have a new marketing coordinator. His name is Carlo. So I'm actually training and coaching him through yep. a lot of the, the marketing activities that you know previously I was doing those. And, yep. and now between him and we've got Jess, who's kind of our head of content right now. She does a lot of the articles. Yep. Uh, we're kind of working through that transition. Second project is reviewing and updating the way we collect testimonials and customer success stories yep. for Beninja's uh, e-commerce clients. Yep. And so that's something that... Um, helping Meryl and Wayne on. Third one, which is related to that, well, not really, but yeah, another project which is important is developing and, and coming up with a clear uh, partnership strategy mm-hmm. on how how we manage partners, how do we vet them, yep. how do we actually establish ongoing partners that refer business to each other yep. um, and, and really have strong, solid partners. Because if, if, if you think of large, not even large, but well-established firms, yeah. they really have a core group of partners that, yeah. that all the logos appear everywhere. They mm. always refer business to each other. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how you get ongoing clients, right? Yeah. And, and that's something that I know that's you're thinking about that as well. Yeah. So they're the three main ones. Uh, they've got some other little projects. Um, one that's probably something that's more closer to my heart is I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing a book Oh, um, awesome. which is a book about case studies because yeah. that's something I've been doing for Beninjas for a long time. Yep. Um, but I've also got other clients that are coming to me and I'm basically I've got a service, a productized service, taking learning from Meryl here yeah. um, to actually help develop those. Uh, and so I'm writing now the methodology, the philosophy, all those things that come into what makes a compelling case study and how do you use it to grow and scale a business. Wow. We're going to have to do another pod just on that. Okay. Happy to. That's a big, that's a big topic. <laughs> yep. And we're looking at, you know, common questions. When's that going to launch? Anth? Looking at around June next year. Perfect. That's it, man. This has been fantastic. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done one in over a year. So <laughs> thanks for listening if you still are. And uh, this has been good to reflect on a weird year, but we got a lot done as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's mm. a lot of learnings, a lot of insights uh, and a lot of personal growth. We didn't talk about the physical body, but you know, I've put on about 10 kilos. A few COVID my- kilos. <laughs> yeah. Mike's gone the other way. He's looking much more slicker than I am. Well, thanks everyone for listening and uh, hit subscribe and share. If you have any questions or thoughts on you know, just your journey, we'd love to hear from you. And that's a wrap. All right. Thanks, Carlo.